of the Miles Offside podcast, where we talk a little bit of football and a whole lot of nonsense. My name is Oscar Puente, also known as Footy From Afar, and with me is my co-host, super producer, Ian Stimson. Um, how's Gray doing? The world needs to know. <laughs> fine, fine, all doing fine. The world doesn't need to know, let's face it, this is getting worse Milo? Was week. the other one named Milo, is that right? Yeah, yeah, Milo. Yeah. How are Gray and Milo? Yeah, both fine, both fine. The, this is not what the people want, <laughs> No, I, I, I think I'm coming around to Chuck's way of thinking on this, to be honest. <laughs> you're like, stop asking me about my fucking fish, dude. No. Um, all right. Well, then fine. If you're not going to tell me about the fish, fill the banter section with something else. I don't know. What do you got? Oh, not a lot. I mean, there's there's games going on as we record. Uh, Bournemouth have just scored against Forest, which is bad for our Patreon, Mark Daffin. Uh, uh, Villarreal are up 2-0 against Liverpool. <laughs> which is I'm watching good on my you. phone over here. Yeah. This is delightful. Uh, it's uh, They just scored the second one. It's 2-2 right now. Oh, I don't know whether you saw it. There, there was a, a clip that sort of went semi-viral over here of uh, Jason Cundy, who's an ex-professional footballer of sorts, um, uh, who was on TalkSport and uh, was saying that Villarreal and how they were playing uh, in the first leg was an absolute disgrace. A disgrace. It was disgusting. They shouldn't be, uh, you know, they shouldn't be gracing the tournament with that sort of football. And it's like... What are you talking about, you fucking clown? Like that's going to look Ian, even more ridiculous. Don't you know ridiculous. that any team that is not English is a disgrace? <laughs> well, it's that simple. Yeah, and like you know, there, you, there's only certain ways you're allowed to play football. Obviously, correct. You know, yes, obviously. Four, four, two, big <laughs> guy, little guy. Yeah, lump it upfield. Yeah, exactly. Boom. That's the only way. That's the only acceptable soccer. Villarreal with like their budget of. Fuck knows what fraction of uh, some of the bigger clubs, but you know they've 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 only got to play a certain way that Jason Cundy says. So, but he looks even more ridiculous now because they're two 0 up as we speak. So yeah, more like Jason Cundy. Good, uh, good. There you go. You're gonna have to get the bleep machine out for that one. Yeah, not often for you, Oscar. No, no. Well, Chuck's not here, so I got to do it in you know in his yeah, honor. Absolutely, yeah. Um, as an American, it does feel particularly wrong to say. Yeah. <laughs> Even after all these years of hearing it over and over and over again every week. Feels weird in your accent. I, I know. It's too aggressive. It's way too aggressive. <laughs> um, well, if you are joining us for the first time, thank you. We're very happy to have you. We are one American and two Brits normally, and we like to talk about the Premier League, but often get distracted. Uh, if you are back, thank you. We appreciate it. We love you. Like, love you, love you. Proper. Yeah. Give it to you good. Typical. You know, tell a friend, leave us a five-star review. We might read it out six months later if we happen to <laughs> notice that there is one. But yeah, I mean, I don't have any news stories other than Chelsea might not be getting. So I guess we'll talk about that. Chuck's not here, so we can take 20 minutes on Chelsea as the quote-unquote <laughs> rapid-fire news. Um, not that I really want to talk about it, but Ian, do you know, have you uh, seen the story that came out today with Chelsea? The latest updates with the ownership? Chelsea are trying to weave paying back the uh, debt uh into into the deal which uh was not previously previously a factor apparently roman was willing to forego that debt but that seems to not be the case now it does seem a little bit of uh playing hardball towards the end but uh to get yeah best... i mean turns out our evil billionaire war criminal owner is not such a nice person <laughs> who knew no i mean you know I, I i still think and maybe i'm naive here that he does genuinely feel something for chelsea and wants like the best for us long term on the way out, hence the assurances about the future of the ground and someone has to stay on it for 10 years and all that sort of stuff. But at the end of the day, $1.5 billion is not something that people are generally willing to part ways with. No, no, you don't get that rich by uh, writing off 
billions yeah, of dollars. Like, yeah, ah, no, it's fine. You can have it. Honestly, <laughs> I didn't even need it. I didn't need yeah. it. It's fine. Yeah. You know. Um, so if he does want that 1.5 billion back, that is going to make this very complicated. The club has 27 days to sort this out before. Of course. Yeah. On the table, technically, if we're not allowed, uh, we don't have the right licenses and all that stuff. They could just kick us out of the league entirely, like not even relegate us. Yeah. Your temporary trading license runs out, doesn't it? Yeah. Right. Exactly. Temporary trading license runs out at the end of May, which is when the league and the FA have to decide on the rosters for next season. Do you think anything's going to come of this? No, I, I don't. I, I do think it's probably just playing hardball to try and get the the best deal. Um, and there's still a little bit of uh, weirdness about who's the who's in the frame to buy, isn't there? There's a British... Yeah, there was a know. late bid yeah. from someone. Um, I haven't... Honestly, it's been kind of crazy, so I haven't read up that much about that person, but I know that there was someone who like they didn't know was bidding bid on final bids friday like very surprisingly mm. it's jim sir jim ratcliffe and he's a knight of the realm so he must be a great guy um, oh surely yeah surely, surely. um there it's it's a weird one because obviously the preferred bidder has already been announced by uh the rain group which is that deep pocketed apparently consortium is that the la dodgers uh that is the LA Dodgers, yeah. Of the, yeah. the the least of the evils, as we discussed, I think, last week or two weeks ago, whenever that was that we had that conversation. Um, they do a good job running the Dodgers. But he's still not doing it on his own. He's still backed by private equity firms. Backed by a bunch of people, but they also own the Dodgers. Like, he's not the oh, only okay. owner of the Dodgers. Yeah, yeah right. Okay. So it's, it's like it's him and his buddy. They own the Lakers or part of the Lakers. They own the Dodgers. Okay. Um, and now they're trying to get Chelsea. Uh, and they're all super into analytics. The Athletic had a really good piece about like the whole crew. I mean, this this late bid guy has sort of met with the supporters. He does seem serious, weirdly, which makes you wonder why he came in so late. And he is like he didn't meet with everyone beforehand because I think he decided like the day before to be like, "Fuck it, throwing my hat in." Jesus. Um. So he is now, even though Bowley has already been announced as the preferred yeah. bid and the preferred group. Yeah is currently meeting with like supporters and land developers and all sorts of people in and around London to do all the legwork that like they should have done before submitting the bid. So it's a really weird <laughs> yeah, situation. Right. I'm highly, highly suspicious. My uh, conspiracy brain radar <laughs> is being highly uh, triggered because of the specific language and amounts that this new bid is talking about. Makes me be like sideways look. What does Roman have to do with this? Um, oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, but that's my conspiracy brain, probably my lizard brain. So, um, but it's weird. It came out of nowhere. It matches a little too exactly in terms of the language of what Roman is looking for. <laughs> oh my word! I hadn't even considered this. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So it's 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 it, um it's a situation. Hopefully, Chelsea continue to exist. Yay. Speaking of Chelsea and a situation and continuing to exist at a bare minimum, I guess. <laughs> uh, let's jump into the fixtures because we had Thursday, April twenty eight. At 1945-1445, at Old Trafford, 73,564 in attendance. Mike Dean is the referee. This was game week 37, technically, even though it was being played out of order. Is that enough information yet? Game week 37? Yeah, it's a game week 37 match that got played early. Oh, yeah. No, no, that makes sense, I suppose. Yeah, it got pulled. Yeah, okay. Yeah, because it was... Uh... That's what made the double game. But yeah, of course. Yeah. I, I think solely in fantasy football terms. Yeah, exactly. So we had um, Man United 1, Chelsea 1. Surely good for everyone's fantasy teams. Uh, Man United 0.6 <laughs> to Chelsea's 2.1. Chelsea not continue to be on summer vacation. I don't know. 
I didn't watch this because I don't want to see Man United on my TV screen. Oh, really? Your your anti your anti Man United thing goes as far as not watching them even when they play Chelsea. I mean, if we were still in like a title fight, I'd yeah, watch it. Yeah, but like, course. we don't have anything to play for. I'm not going to go crazy to watch a Premier meaningless Premier League game against the team that actively makes me angry to see on screen. Um, did you catch this one? We we smashed them on XG two point one to zero point six. Was it the asshole that scored? Of course, it was the asshole yeah, that scored. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Marcos Alonso scored. That's nice. Yeah, another asshole, but yeah, fine. <laughs> yeah, true, fair. Yes. <laughs> um, Chelsea are just fully, fully on the beach. Their the pina coladas are out, aren't they? I mean, uh, which oh, I don't man. really blame them for. It's a very odd situation for them to be in, anyway. They've yeah, and obviously we'll come back to this with the Everton result being yeah the more notable thing. By the way, fucking called it. Told you so. Yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. To I be did. fair, um, um, but yeah, Chelsea are checked out, man. It's a, it is a shame because I don't know. I think the frustration in uh, Tommy Tukes is really coming to the surface because I don't think he operates on the same level as maybe uh, some beached players. Uh, no, he, he has no chill. Yeah, <laughs> zero chill. Zero um, chill. He's yeah. so intense that I don't know if you remember when the whole like racism thing happened in the Champions League at PSG. With like the players walking off the field. Do you remember that? Yes. Yes, I do. He was the coach and he basically was like, yeah, racism, bad, but also like, let's play soccer. Let's, I let's wanna, play he was like pushing yeah. to play the soccer and like was way too focused on the soccer of it all. Yeah. Wasn't a good um, look. Problematic. <laughs> Definitely problematic. I do remember that being mentioned. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Um, but he cares way too much about soccer. So he has no chill. He's, he is, I think, the only person at Chelsea who doesn't realize that like none of this matters. Some players... I don't know whether they'd be playing, not not putting themselves in the shop window just in case it all goes tits up at Chelsea, but you might expect a little bit more from uh, from professional players on large amounts of money. I, mean, I don't want to bring money into it because that's a very Jason Cundy thing to say. Um, mm. But it just, yeah, the, the lack of commitment is a little bit, a little bit disappointing. I mean, I guess you don't really care as a supporter either because you are fully, you know, you're checked out in the season as well, aren't you? I mean... Oh, fully. Yeah, 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 yeah. I still have people in my Twitter mentions who are like, oh, this fucking Chelsea team's a disgrace. I'm so mad at half of these players. How could they not have? And I'm like, you just don't care. Oh, it's fine. Yeah. It's whatever. Like, I mean, what? Like, what? What is the. We're going to get third place. No one's catching us. I don't believe the people that say that they might catch us. Like, maybe, no. maybe we'll get fourth if one of Spurs or Arsenal catches us, but not both of them. Yeah, yeah. No, There's three games left to play. Irrelevance, like, yeah. Yeah, we'll be able to turn it back on for the FA Cup if we decide that that's like an important enough game to play, which we probably will because it's Liverpool and it's a trophy. Mm. But other than that one game, like there's nothing going on. Bigger fish to fry. Well, no fish to fry. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> competitively. Except yeah. for the ones on the beach. <laughs> sure, sure. Okay, well, let's move on. Yes, let's do move on uh, to Saturday at 12.30 slash 7.30. We had Newcastle. Losing to Liverpool. Liverpool continue their winning ways. They're going to probably win out the season. This was 0-1, 0.2 to 2.3 on XG. So Liverpool underperforming here. Massively destroying Newcastle. Um, <laughs> takes on Liverpool. I think they're going to win out the season and I don't think it matters. Yeah, that is pro- probably it, isn't it? Because you just can't see either of these either of these teams dropping points. There was lots of, uh, lots of changes in this game, including uh, ancient James Milner. Uh, coming in, but acquitting himself absolutely brilliantly as usual. Uh, while one nil does look like they maybe um, you know chugged to that score, they they didn't really. I don't I don't think it was ever. I, I wasn't watching that game and ever thinking Liverpool were in danger of of, of drawing it. It was it, it all seemed fine. 
Um, but I just think they're they're, they're very impressive with their um, rotation and then and, and staying in control. Absolutely. I mean, that's the difference between a City and Liverpool versus a Chelsea, and really, no one else is at our tier at the moment. We're kind of in our own little middle land. Mm, is that the drop off for us when we like, for example, lost Ben Chilwell or Reese James for significant periods of time? Yeah, was not enough to keep us in any sort of sustainable situation. And the drop-off from, you know, we were all thinking of Firmino as an automatic starter coming into the season. Now look at what Jota and, hmm. um, oh, the new one that I'm Diaz. Name. Yeah, Diaz. Uh, they're doing amazing things. Like, they're, they're, they almost don't have a B squad. They have, like, one and a half A squads. And when, uh, and when they're in so many competitions as well, like, you always think of rotation as being, um, Something that is going to make players uh, upset, you know. Certainly, uh, any old football manager players will have got their their quotes ready of what they what they say to their uh, uh, players to try and keep them happy when they're being rotated. But yep. when you're in four competitions or you're up for winning four competitions, I don't think the players really care as long as they're winning. And if you're if you're being used in the Champions League, you're being used in the uh, Premier League, which is still up for grabs, and you're being, you know, potentially played in an FA Cup final or whatever, then, you know, you're 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 up for it. You're up for winning. You're up for, you know, the the odd rest if you need it to keep yourself sharp. I know the 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 likes of Salah and that would always want to play, but they they don't. None of them seem to get pissy about it. You know, including Origi, <laughs> like players like that, just seem to be ultra happy. <laughs> oh yeah, he he's not demanding more minutes, Diva Origi. You know, you, you know what I mean. Just everyone's Klopp's done a number on that team, man, man management wise, and and. Uh, yeah, they all seem perfectly happy with the the rotation, or certainly don't publicly uh, moan about it. Everything's good on the, seemingly on the surface. Um, it's Liverpool's organisation as well. With so many, um, again, with so many people, you know, leaving Trent out and not not even needing to use him, you had a defence that is really good at catching the opposition offside all the time. Like there were yes, loads, they're very loads, well drilled. Yeah, really well drilled. But that's but do you know what I mean? When you rotate in defence, and you can still have that level of organisation where you 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 know get catch people offside consistently. Well, they rotated, but one very notable name was there doing the organising that yeah. wasn't rotated, and that's Virgil Van Dijk. I mean, you can look at like you know again. I'm just going to keep comparing to Chelsea because I'm a Chelsea fan, and that's the context through which I understand all things. When Silva's not in there, we're fucking shambles. Like, we're all over the place. Mm. And sometimes you just need that one, like, organizing force in defense there. And they can hold it together with other, like, less good players around them. And sometimes they can't. But, like, Van Dyke being there, I think, is is why. Like, they had Van Dyke and Robertson in there. It wasn't, like, a completely rotated, terrible defense. Yeah, you're right, I suppose. You're, you're, the, the talismanic defender remains all the time because Virgil's so important to how they play and that was shown in the season when he obviously was uh injured for a lot because they 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 struggled didn't they yep their numbers fell down to our level underlying wise yeah uh bournemouth have just been promoted to the premier league uh sorry mark uh you already know this obviously mark but we do feel sorry for you there although you've still got the playoffs to to come nottingham forest uh will, will presumably be in the playoffs uh, come on you forest but yeah pitch invasions at bournemouth uh so we get to see Fulham and Bournemouth definitely uh, next year in the Premier League. Yay. Okay. All right. I like a red and black team. I'm okay with that. <laughs> okay. Okay. Good. And Fulham. Always nice to have West London neighbours in, in and around. Yeah. Little Derby on the go. Um, Shall we continue down the running order of games? Yeah. Go for it. 
All right. Well, next up we had Watford losing to Burnley. Uh, Watford won one to Burnley, 1.9 on XG, one to two on the scoreline. So exactly matching. Um, that does put uh, Burnley on at 21% currently to go down. Um, so they are the least likely of the yeah. three in the race. Well, it was moment. a topsy-turvy weekend for oh, yeah. the, the uh, numbers. I, I was checking in after every game and yeah, it's uh, really changed. But anyway, yeah, sorry, I interrupted. We want it as close as possible to 30-30-30, I would say. The <laughs> yeah. more excitement there is in the last day, the better. But Absolutely. yeah, this result puts Burnley on 21 combined with the other results of the weekend. This continues to me, this time of year is weird because it's like, should be the most predictive according to the underlying numbers because like we have the most data right um we're towards the tail end of like this is when the data is really useful but at the same time like there's very real externalities around like teams checked out versus teams still playing for stuff like liverpool just destroy newcastle because why would newcastle try like who cares or watford like why would watford put any effort into this match whatsoever yeah, so that is weird. Most, most data, but probably also most variance from uh, that. Yeah, factors. there's a lot of yeah. like re- reason to think that it's going to vary from the data, yeah. um, including Burnley winning here. Burnley, was this, I didn't watch this, obviously. Uh, <laughs> of course you didn't. Was this the new beautiful Burnley? Joga uh, Bonito, Tiki Taka, Burnley Taka? <laughs> I don't know about that. It was the usual, very direct Burnley. <laughs> um, but it's uh, Burnley that seemed to have really got belief in themselves. And, uh, ah, that old tactic. Well, I, I don't want, you know... Belief because, in mentality? Is that what's going to keep them up? Well, I, I'm hesitant to say that because the manager they got rid of was Sean Dyche, who you would presume was the the manager who would give all that belief and blah, 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 because not particularly someone who you ever thought was tactically astute. But then he kept Burnley in the Premier League forever with no money and, and no talent. <laughs> And, uh, you know, who, a good manager, in my opinion. You're right. You're happy with Dice as a manager. That's interesting. Okay, I didn't know which way you would go with it. With knowing your sort of uh, dis- um, dislike, I'm of Burnley. happy is not at all the word I would of use. Course, of <laughs> Anything course, to yeah. do with Burnley. Understood. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that the the way in my head, at least, I measure a good manager versus a bad manager or a, a neutral manager. Um, which I think people forget all the time. Like you don't have to be either good or bad. Like, <laughs> yeah, when I say Arteta is not a good manager, I don't mean he's a bad manager. That's a middle ground. But um, I think that he was decidedly on the good side because he he got more out of his squad than you would otherwise think capable normally. I yeah. would say, and that's the mark of a good manager. How yeah. much are they overperforming their wages? You know what I mean? Like there's very directly an equation that someone has built somewhere that's like if I spend this much on wages. This is how many points I can on average expect to get. You take that number and then you look at a manager and see how much they over or underperform that. And if you do enough sample size and kind of like squint your eyes a little bit and pretend <laughs> that there's not other stuff going on, um, you know, you can kind of sort of de- begin to vaguely develop a sense of who's a good manager or not. And I think he was a good one. Ugly as fuck, though. Ugh, never wanted to watch them. <laughs> Both ugly physically, that man was hideous, and also like the football on display. And uh, like, orally as well like just just very hard to listen to <laughs> just yeah, in, that's true. with the gravelly tones um but yeah everyone when Daesh got the boot was uh, very surprised and thought it was probably a uh, poor decision but i don't know it does seem like this this mike jackson just seems to have been just the freshen up they need because as i say i don't i disagree with a lot of people that say that the playing style has changed I, I don't think that's the case I think 
there's been a slight up of intensity. There's been, a, I think, the stats show that they're they're running a bit more. I think there's possibly been, I don't know, just a bit of a uh, genuinely a bit of a kick up the ass. But well, running more versus running zero, like you know, if you're only ever penned in your own penalty area, well, not yeah. moving. <laughs> yeah. If you venture out to like maybe the halfway line, that's a lot more ground covered. So like, there's a lot of running Immediately, going on compared yeah. to before. Yeah, I thought I thought Burnley were were good in that in that never give up mentality. You know they they have got a lot of points out of games recently uh, that you would not have necessarily had them signed up for before, and yet now the the momentum, which is a thing. It does seem to be with with them, and when when they're playing these mid table opposition now, you are and the, I'm not obviously factoring uh, Watford as mid table op- opposition, but when they were playing Wolves or whatever, you're like, yeah, I fancy Burnley, I fancy Burnley to have a go here. You know, they they've they've always got out of the shit before, and at the minute we just seem to have got a, a very well timed new manager bounce. So you know why not? Why can't they ride that ride that wave and? Um, it was looking very good for them uh, at the at the end of the three o'clocks, you know, because obviously Everton were yet to play, and uh, they had seriously reduced their uh, percentage chance of uh, of going down. I mean, there's like three games left, right? Four games left, depending on what the team where they are at the moment. Yep, three or four. Yeah. Um, that's every point is like so important. It's massive, especially when you're talking about one of the. Well, no, both. I guess both of their rivals for relegation being what you would generally consider good teams. Like Leeds did so well last year, um, yeah. and Everton are obviously Everton. They're a sort of a bit more of a legacy legacy team for the Premier League and uh, for the top flight. So you're talking about teams that have been worse than you would usually expect. So those, I don't know, games in hand for Everton feel more just, and this is. Totally wrong based on their performance this year. But uh, to me, as a you know a football fan who's watched Everton in the top flight, all his football in following life, like uh, a game in hand for Everton feels more valuable than a game in hand for Burnley. You know, and that is obviously at the minute possibly the the wrong thing to think because Burnley have got a lot of momentum. Burnley, I never thought that they uh, would would struggle against Watford. They actually did. They let they let Watford start very brightly. Um, in both halves, which wasn't wasn't great, really. Um, Usually not a good idea. No, it, it it wasn't great. But then it all came all came good in the end. With I think you're not going to like it, but with grit and determination, you know. Um, there it is. But there you go. Did you see? Um, poor old Roy Hodgson was getting some shit for his uh, sunglasses. Oh, I, but British people don't wear sunglasses. <laughs> well, it, se- it seems not because there was a big hoo-ha about no, it. No, like, this is a joke. This is like a known thing in America is that British people think sunglasses are like weird or like too weak. Like you're like, oh, I'm not going to fight the sun. Like well, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what it is, but like it is a known thing that like Brits don't wear sunglasses and they're dumb for it. Yeah. Okay, that's funny. But like, is it more just not that it's not that sunny here? Like as in we don't. I guess. But then there are sunny days and no, you just always see pictures of but... people like with their hand over their eye being like, I can't see anything. It's so bright out. That's I wish amazing. someone had invented something to do something about this. I can't see a goddamn thing. Oh, that's funny. I didn't know that was a trope. Um, but the thing yeah. is like, I, like we maybe don't have to grab the sunglasses as, as regularly as you do for going out like it's not something that we'd think about taking out with us all the time i Fair don't know enough. but like yeah that's oh that's funny that's funny how american of him he spent too much time around the palace well, he was getting maybe. so much shit for it i see people think like 
even Watford fans like because he because he did have a slightly sort of smarmy look on his face with these sunglasses while they're losing against Burnley. But it's like fucking. Apparently he's been really ill this week. He he mm. pitched up. He did. He didn't basically get off his seat the whole time. And he didn't do the the post match interviews. So he's obviously not feeling very well. He's seventy plus and like and it was a sunny day. Let the man fucking sit down on his chair and wear That's his fucking so sunglasses. That's so hilariously English. That's so hilariously English that people would, yeah. <laughs> would like go after that. Yeah, absolutely. I I agree with you. It's it's ridiculous. You know. Oh, that the, makes me very happy. The bloke. I mean, he's. Like I say, 70 plus are not well all week and he still fucking yeah. turned up. Just give him the credit for turning up for fuck's sake. I wear sunglasses when I'm hungover, hungover at work, you know? Like <laughs> everybody, Everybody's woken up with a hangover and be like, I need my sunglasses. <laughs> well, maybe not in England. I don't know. What do you guys do when you're hungover? Do you put on your uh, traditional riding hat with an extended <laughs> brim? <laughs> riding hat. <laughs> yeah, sure. Let's say that. That's what it is, right? Yeah, yeah. that's what I thought. Yeah. Knew it. Um, <laughs> let's keep going. Another 10 o'clock game. We had Palace winning. This is nice. Palace 2, Southampton 1, Palace 0.9 to Southampton 0.5. Who done did score? We had Ebereche Eze and Wilfred Zaha. Zaha in the 90 plus 2 for a dramatic victory here. Come from behind because uh, they started off with uh, conceding in the ninth minute. Up the Palace. Sure. I did not watch this and have I didn't watch it either. <laughs> no takes because I, it's got to that point now where you, when you're looking down the running order and looking what you should watch and pick up for highlights. When I'm looking at two, two mid table, t- and I knew Chuck was because Chuck's away in Spain, the lucky bastard. So I yep. knew Chuck wasn't going to be on the pod this week. I was like, do you know what? I don't need to watch that match. That is a that is two mid table teams. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, an update on the underlying numbers then, just to sort of wrap up the Palace uh, game. They are now up to fifth best underlying numbers in England in the Premier League. They have officially passed one of the big six. Over the whole season? Over the whole season. Expected goal difference per 90. They are more than twice uh, as good as Manchester United. That's exciting, man. That is exciting for, uh, if you're a Palace fan. Very exciting. Quite, yeah. quite a stat. Like you say, if it's over the whole season, that's impressive. They've had the fifth best season by the underlying numbers. That's like... I don't, my brain doesn't comprehend that. So we're just going to move on <laughs> because it's Palace. Uh, but we'll move on from there to uh, the biggest game, I would argue, of the weekend, probably, uh, at least in terms of the both implications at the top and bottom of the table. We had Leeds getting fucking destroyed by Manchester City 1.2 <laughs> to 2.7 on XG, 4 0 on the scoreline. Yet another dominant performance from City as they just casually stroll putting up 9 million goals a game to the title. Uh, this does have them at 68% to Liverpool's 32. Again, that is not um, anything other than the fact that neither of these teams are going to drop points between now and the end of the season, probably. Yeah, well, that's, that, it's maybe more the story leads because I don't... I, I, you never expect a Man City or a Liverpool team to to drop points these days. It just, it just doesn't seem to happen. Nope. This does put Leeds at 45. They are now the favourite of the three. Well, that's, the moment, that's what I mean. But it's obviously very, very close. At one point in the weekend, I looked and Everton was 60%. And, I know. And, you know, then then they did what they did, or or Chelsea let them do what they did. And, yeah, um bit of both. Yeah, sure. You're welcome, Frank. We love you. <laughs> yeah, a little favour there. And, um, yeah, and then suddenly it's all changed. And lead to, I I really like Jesse Marsh. I, I, I think he's I think he's really good. It's just a. I, I heard a, a an interview with him that I had 
in a in an old podcast. I'm like literally like a year behind on non topical podcasts that I listen to, and I had like a a, a fairly long interview with Jesse Marsh, um, and uh, the way he spoke about football really impressed me, and um, and it, obviously he hadn't gone to Leeds at this point, so it, none of that none of that had happened. But it's a, it's a tricky one with Leeds because they obviously lost. Well, lost. They sacked Bielsa, who's a bit of a legend. Bit of a legend. Jesus, I'm talking about underselling. Um, <laughs> yeah, just a little. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Only got him promoted for the first time in, like, I don't yeah. know, 40 years or whatever. Some, some really long time. But I sort of almost feel sorry for Jesse Marsh that he's had to follow Bielsa. And then I think through no... I don't think Jesse Marsh has particularly done anything wrong with Leeds, but they've found themselves... In this situation now, where they're they're the most likely out of the three to go down, which nobody would have said at the start of the season. Um, no, although they have the third worst numbers. Do they? Yeah, absolutely. Norwich are at negative one point one, which is atrocious. Expected goal difference per ninety. Um, next worst is Watford at negative zero point seven, and then Leeds at negative zero point six. Right. Okay. Then is Wolves, then Burnley, then Newcastle, then Leicester, then Everton. Well, like the, in that order. So yeah. Leeds are the third worst team by the underlying numbers so far. Okay, well that's that's interesting. They had a go in this game, but it was it was it was never in doubt really. It, it, Man City took a little while to hit their stride, and it wasn't a traditional Pep Guardiola performance in that it was. Um, I think the first two goals were came from set pieces, didn't they? And then from then on, it was obviously just a bit of a, a walk in the park, but. I did see some stat that, that Man City are the best team at both scoring from and uh, conceding set pieces. Like, I think they've only. What conceded, do you mean? So I think I think Man City have only conceded one goal from a set piece this okay. this season. All season? I think so. Yeah. Let me check. in all competitions or in the league. Either in the, way, in the league, that's insane. Think, but all yeah. competitions would be twice as many games. I tell you what, I'll, I'll double check that while we talk. But um, yeah, I'm sure I saw I saw something about that, which is interesting because obviously. Uh, That's incredible. You, you think of a Pep team as as always just playing through goals from open play, you know. But they're both scoring and not conceding from set pieces. But set pieces, they're just incredibly well drilled as well. So as a yeah. team, uh, a game against a team like Leeds, where they harry you physically, and this game was pretty physical. I thought the referee did a pretty poor job. Of <laughs> a lot of that this weekend, quite a violent weekend in the league. <laughs> yeah, I think. I mean, it's that time of year, right? Everybody's testy. Well, yeah, and it, there was a fair bit of ill feeling on the pitch, it seemed like, and it wasn't quashed by the referee, and it ultimately felt like it led to um, Dallas uh, breaking breaking a bone in his leg, uh, so it turned out, and that, so that's the season end of him, and I, it wasn't even like, it wasn't a, a greedy challenge, I mean, I think it was, a, it was more a Dallas challenge, if anything, and it was just over-exuberance on all sides, and it led, yeah. led to a nasty injury, but yeah. I, 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 there was there was a physical intensity to this game that you may maybe previous iterations of Pep's teams might have struggled with, but they just soaked it up for a bit and then used their set pieces well. And it's it's impressive that there's a different way that Man City can win games. I think there's there's it's not just there's not just a plan A anymore. I did feel like in the past there was a little bit of that. It was it was plan A. Yeah, or especially when Fernandinho was out, they didn't like have much of an option. Yeah. Uh, to like play differently. I remember that being a huge issue or huge issue. I mean, they just win every title anyway, but a thing we talked about at some point. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. um, I mean, I'll say this just because they have more money than Brentford doesn't mean that they can't employ 
all of the wonderful analytics and tactics that uh, are brought up by analytics at a lower level as well. Like, it makes sense that they'd be really good at set pieces. Liverpool, right? They have a set piece coach who's, like, just their set piece coach. Yeah. Is that right? Is Was it Liverpool that has that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, to be honest, uh, that's becoming obviously more... Even Peterborough had one. Uh, uh, Look just, at that. Yeah. I, he was sacked very quickly because we were awful at set pieces and he was not improving us. Okay. <laughs> but, yeah. But, I mean, yeah, exactly. It's 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 a huge thing now, isn't it, that, that specific set pieces get coached, you know? I mean, I wish Chelsea were better at set pieces, if I'm honest. Here we go. So I found it. Uh, City's set-piece expertise. In this season's Premier League, they've scored the most goals, 18, and conceded the fewest goals, one, an Ollie Watkins goal for for Aston Villa in December from set pieces. Wow. It's pretty It's pretty amazing. But yeah, they, so they, they, they won a bit ugly on this one, but then the 4-0 scoreline makes it seem like uh, it maybe wasn't as, as ugly as that. Pep and Pep? Uh, to go to the Champions League for a second, actually played more pragmatically by not wildly overthinking everything in the Champions League, and it went really well. Wait, really well? It went well. Uh, it went. It went. It went. Yeah. It went. <laughs> That's more like it, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Benzema. Oh, boo. Oh, sorry. Side note. Villarreal just conceded through oh, the I, keeper's legs. I've just seen oh, it, yeah. that was highly savable. Yes, that was. Oh, dear. Ah, uh, poo on that. Well, <laughs> listener, you'll know what happened in the next 30 minutes of this game. But uh, yeah. I'm angry right now. <laughs> um, Speaking of angry right now, let's go to uh, the next match. And Mr. Simpson, go ahead and cue up the jingle. Uh, we had Tottenham to be. beating Leicester. Good Tottenham three, Leicester week. one. Tottenham one point five to Leicester's zero point four. That's not really a Burnleying, but they <laughs> overperformed, and I don't like Tottenham, so we'll give it there. Just entirely disingenuous. <laughs> <laughs> Who cares? It's the end of the season. Nothing matters. Uh, More generally, nothing matters. The world is falling apart. Yeah, not a good day today to be an American. But a good day to be a Tottenham fan that day. This puts Tottenham at, oh, 30%. Never mind. Um, I don't know. I'm just gloating because I don't like Tottenham. (laughs) Even though they won, it doesn't matter. They're probably not going to get top four anyway. Uh, what do you think? Am I crazy? Am I under under um, estimating Tottenham? Well, like, where, where are you kind of at on this? No, no, I I, I think it, the the Tottenham Tottenham roller coaster continues. I think that it's not a crazy take to say that the Arsenal Tottenham game is rather rather big <laughs> and just a little, you know, just a little, and and could it could go either way. So it's I think it's. Uh, uh, a tricky one for the the stats modelers to do their percentages on because obviously that game means a, means a hell of a lot. Um, but Tottenham continue, uh, Tottenham do continue to rely on Kane and Son and now Kulusevski as well. Because um, when he came on, I was I was surprised maybe to see him not start. Then when he came on, he he really changed things. I thought he revitalised him immediately. Uh, started running at players and and Leicester are in no fit state at the minute with their you know European campaign and they were heavily rotated. Um, Leicester are bad, like straight up bad. They've if really you go to understat yeah. and go by expected points, Leicester are seventeenth. Yeah, I mean they've had terrible injury problems and 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 stuff and European campaigns that Brendan Rodgers apparently didn't even know he was involved in um, <laughs> until, until the later stages, but. Um, 
yeah, it's been a, it's been a rough one in the league for them, def- definitely. And uh, I think they're going to need to to rejig things over summer. But um, yeah, Tottenham should have should have seen this match as a as a gimme. But it it took them a little while to get going. But ultimately, they did it. Um, Kulusevski, I think, yeah, I think he's a really really impressive buy for them. He's been he's been excellent since he arrived, and um, yeah, I think it's, I think that's sort of the sign of a a really decent player when they are left out of the 11 and you see no option other than 10 minutes into the second half to bring them on like yeah. because that's that's not your 75th minute substitution that's oh for fuck's sake there we we need some pep here we need to you know do something let's get rid of Moore who was pretty anonymous throughout and then the team surprised insta- there well, yeah exactly and then the team you know, instantly changed. Obviously, a lot hinges on the summer about whether they keep Kane again. They never Is, seems. Do they even want to at that point? Well, I think they. Point, I think they. I mean, probably the, do. the mighty I mean, Hasakaza did score in this one. He scored in the twenty second. He's he's putting up some numbers, but like, I don't yeah. know. Don't you just cut your losses and move on? Like, are you still trying to build this team around Harry Kane at this point? Well, I, but I, well, I don't know if you are trying to build the team around him anymore, but I also don't know because the season's not been as good and other teams have probably moved on. Man City look like they're going to close the Haaland deal and stuff. So yep. they're not going to get they're not going to get what they would have got for him. So do you just do you just keep who is someone who is still an incredibly good striker? You know, like I know we sort of like take the piss a little bit and said, yes, you'd have bit their hand off for 100 million because you would have, or you should have maybe. <laughs> it was dumb at the time and it's dumb now. Yeah, I think it, uh, as well, the, the Athletic did an interesting um, thing this week as well about about quality of goals, right? And because they, they were doing a bit of a stats, uh, stats thing and saying that, you know, should we be ranking players' goals as to their importance in games. Like, you know, we've sort of mentioned it before about sort of game state type things of where, you know, uh, if a team is 2-0 down and they might be capitulating, well, basically they're saying if if a player scores another two goals to make it 3-0 or 4-0, those goals aren't as important uh, to the team because the, the, the game was already won. Apparently Kane is, on average, the scorer of uh, the most important goals. Like, he always seems to be a game a match winner for them that actually makes sense to me yeah he he picks his moments really well he does he does love an occasion i mean he always scores against chelsea so mm. like he's clearly up for it for the big games <laughs> how fucking hilarious would it be if chelsea bought him <laughs> oh god for like ten dollars <laughs> surely not <laughs> i mean we need a striker we need someone to finish chances right that's that's kind of been our thing for a while now and for a wide variety of reasons increasingly one of them potentially racial um, if not maliciously, just subconsciously, I do think that Lukaku and Tuchel just are not a good fit. When Tuchel's coming out and saying, oh, well, describing him as a back-to-goal type player and kind of, you know, the whole pace and power. Yeah. Big, athletic, but not technically skilled black player yeah. uh, stereotype, which is not what Lukaku is. He's very, very technically skilled, I think. But when your own manager is coming out and saying things like that, then you do start to get a little bit worried. Yeah, that feel great, does it? But Hazakaza, he puts him away. 
Come on, come come to Chelsea. <laughs> I just say that because I'm picturing Jeff's blood boiling. Absolutely, I, and I can picture your shit-eating grin as we speak. Yep, yep, yeah, you can hear it in my voice, actually. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, speaking of shit-eating grin, let's go to Everton 1, Chelsea 0, Everton 1.3 to Chelsea's 1.2. Normally, I wouldn't have a shit-eating grin over a Chelsea loss, but it doesn't fucking matter, and I told you guys <laughs> that Everton was going to win this. <laughs> Uh, and this does put Everton at not the most likely to go down. They're only at 34. Obviously, again, those numbers are changing so much over the course of every weekend. But, you know, Super Frank, Super, Super Frank, Super Frankie Lampard <laughs> gets a win from us. Gotta, you gotta give it to the boy so he can stay up, you know? Rolled over and had your belly tickled. <laughs> so, I don't know whether... Right, so I was watching... Um... The stats stuff on uh, Sky Sports that Jamie Carragher was going through where they were analysing uh, Everton in the first nine. It seemed arbitrary, which is what I thought was funny, but the first nine games under Frank Lampard and the last four, which is such a small sample size. But Yeah. Yeah. Like, okay. really, really sure. Ridiculous. Yeah, exactly. Fine. And uh, talking about how they've been um, much more direct and uh, not so not playing it out from the back so much. Like, like there was only one, in those four games, there was only one pass out from the back from Pickford. Everything else was a long ball or a long throw or whatever. But it just seemed, seemed to me to be a bit disingenuous because I think in those last four, they've played Man United, Liverpool, Chelsea. Like, is that not At least just... one of those teams is good. Yeah, well, traditionally, Man United might be. Frank might still have it in his head that Man United are a big club. <laughs> but, Fair uh, enough. That's true. He was at the heart of that rivalry. <laughs> but um, I was just sort of like, well, don't. Isn't that just a, a, a manager adapting tactics to his opposition? Like that's what he should be doing, isn't it? I I, I just felt that was a weird. He, it, they were they were pitching it as. Oh, he's seen what's seen what's wrong, and he's made Everton more direct, so as they can uh, scrape out these last few points. And I just thought it was a bit more like, well, no, they're playing a good. They've been playing good teams. Their running has been awful, and so they're they're doing what they you should do against a good team, and and uh, not worry so much about possession and and tapping it round the back, but just try and try and get goals send it down the wings go direct you know it just it, i don't know i thought it was a bit you're you're making something out of nothing there i don't disagree although i will say that uh frank in his time at chelsea very rarely exhibited the ability to tailor his tactics to a specific opponent as opposed to just like let's try this for a little while let's try this for a little while maybe i'm misremembering but in my head that's what that's true so this would be progress for him as a manager if he is doing that, uh, so, as you yeah, say. Even that, okay, yeah. I'm, I'm suspicious, though. I think it's probably just a coincidence. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe he did see something. I don't know. I don't know enough to speak on that particularly insightfully, despite the fact that he was a manager at Chelsea for almost two seasons, a season and a half. Because what is Frank if not an enigma? Wrapped inside a riddle. Uh, I, do you think Everton can stay up? They still have the crazy schedule, but like this was the hardest part of their schedule, and they got... Three points off Chelsea, three very unlikely points according to all stats models. They're going to have a feel-good thing off of that result. As you say, that was the possibly the trickiest one in the schedule left. So, you know, they are going to have a, a, a feel-good thing about it. Pickford is a fucking legend. <laughs> oh my God, that triple save. He didn't have much else to do. Yeah. 
But that the two saves and then like five seconds later another save. So I'm kind of thinking of it as a triple save. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Was incredible. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah. His his reactions in getting across from the the right hand side of the goal to the left hand side of the goal to save yes. from uh, was it Aspilicueta, and like he managed to react so quickly that he actually had to dive back in the opposite way to uh, to save the save the goal. If they stay up, build that man a statue. <laughs> I mean, like those those saves alone could be the difference between staying, them staying up and going down. <laughs> I just love it when he, he does anything like that or anything goes his way. He's either delighted that he's made a save, so he's fucking roaring, you know, <laughs> yep. absolutely, not. or he's absolutely furious that he's been put in the position where he has to make a save, and he'll be just screaming at his defenders to get out, just like get the fuck out. <laughs> <laughs> he just <fucking laughs> yeah, goes at him all the time. It's absolutely brilliant. But yeah, no, he was he was superb. And absolutely kept him in it. I'd be interested to know what the um, like the xG of those individual chances were that he, he saved. Um, but yeah, I think if you're ever you've got to be feeling you've got to be feeling good about it because I think they after having seen uh, Burnley win, the the feeling must have been pretty low. But the the the, the fans. At Goodison Park were incredible. I think there must have been some Amazing. sort of yeah, there must have been some sort of organisation like that that because apparently they were surrounding the team bus as they were coming in and they did um, the fireworks did the at fireworks like two in the morning at the Chelsea Hotel apparently yeah, um, and they they obviously just decided right we're gonna we're gonna absolutely get behind the team now for this for this game and they were absolutely incredible and and just roared them on the atmosphere was was quite something yeah i mean absolute fair play to them it was like a deserved win and the the fans were intimidating as fuck <laughs> like, yeah yeah they did you could job. hear you could feel it across the tv screen let alone how it must have been in the stadium yeah they did their job uh richarlison might possibly i don't know because we're recording on tuesday i don't know how long the they've got to look into this if they want to but richarlison threw a flare back into a section of supporters to be fair it was like into the corner it was pretty sort of sparsely there, there weren't many people there and it wasn't like a what's the word like a, a flare that was put, pumping out fire it was just a smoke thing but yeah still the, 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 it's not good yeah he cl- claims he was trying to throw it out of the stadium which <laughs> <laughs> Superman what over here. Exactly. Oh, Just it to the moon. This this goes to show because I I forgot who I was talking to there, Oscar. I forgot I was talking to an American who was younger than me, and I was going to go with the reference Steve Backley, who was a British javelin thrower in the late eighties and early yes, 90s. famously up to date with all my British javelin throwers <laughs> I uh, from was before gonna, I was born. I was going to say that, and then you went Superman. And I went, oh yeah, that that that's better. That's a good one. Yeah, that's probably that. Everyone knows Superman. <laughs> yeah. Some people have heard the name. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh, um, I'll throw out one actual Chelsea take for the Chelsea listeners who want me to be serious about the team for a second, because I'm sure there are some of you. <laughs> I don't, I wouldn't read into like this being a systematic problem with Chelsea recently. No. It's just been a bunch of individual errors all stacked on top of each other back to back to back. Is that a deeper problem? If it was the middle of the season or early in the season and they were having this many individual errors, this many games in a row, maybe. But, like, we know why the individual errors are happening. It's because everyone's checked out. The only thing I would say in response to that is that because we know Tommy Tooks doesn't see it like that, 
Like yeah. that might cur- uh, what's the word? That might colour his view on certain players if they don't give him a hundred percent until the end of the season. That might colour his view of them for being selected next season. That's true. Do you know what I mean? Um, I think there's so much. There's going to be so much upheaval this summer at That's Chelsea that I don't know that anyone true. is thinking about next season, even Tuchel. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Um, but like when Aspi gift, like oh my god, Aspi for this goal. Yeah, he is a big old mountain of yikes at this point. Um, every time he's playing, I'm like, ooh, Asby, you're a little too old and a little too slow now. That's the thing. He, I, I love him. I think he's been such a good player for you over the years, but you can physically see the slowdown, can't you? It's, yeah, I mean, he yeah. was the best defender in the league, certainly, maybe in the world, for a couple of seasons there. He's an he's a huge legend for the club. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, we talked about like when they stopped selling merch. I was like, oh, no, I'm never going to get my Asby jersey. My heart is like utterly broken. So obviously, just an absolute legend. Cool. But he's been around long enough that he played with Frank. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? Like, that's how old he is? Yeah, yeah. That he yeah. was doing his former teammate, now manager of the opponent team, a favor there? <laughs> that's the extent of my Chelsea take is it's just individual errors. Don't worry about it. It's fine. We're fine. We're fine. Speaking of fine, let's go to Arsenal. Uh, next game, there's a transition. I'm getting good at this podcast thing. Only took four years. Uh, West Ham 1, Arsenal 2, West Ham 0.6 to Arsenal's 0.9, which means, Mr. Simpson, go ahead and cue the jingle here because... Oh, they're better than the We got to give another disingenuous Burnley of the week to a North London team. Double Burnley. <laughs> Double Burnley, just so that Jeff can't really complain, because <laughs> I did it to Arsenal also. Yeah, fair enough. Um, please continue to be a Patreon, Jeff. We love you. Um, <laughs> Arsenal 71% here uh, after this result. Currently at the moment, 71%. I think they'll do it. Obviously, the huge one is going to be May 12, Thursday, um, which we will have recorded again by the time that happens, so we'll have plenty of time to build up towards that. But Tottenham is playing Arsenal. That's going to be the decider, really. Um, at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, so I don't know. Does that help or hurt? Unclear. <laughs> Who does I, that help or hurt? North London Derby is such a... It can be such a mad game. I, I, don't, I don't know if there's any home advantage. I don't, I, yeah, yeah, I don't I know. No but idea. like that's the big one. But as of right now, it doesn't look like Arsenal's... Gonna drop points anytime soon? Oh, I don't know. No, but I it's Arsenal, so who fucking knows with them? Well, yeah, exactly. I didn't think this performance was... I mean, I know they don't care, but I don't think it was particularly convincing. I, 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 I think that, though, instinctively to me, those 538 percentages feel a little bit too far apart. Because I mean, given that they play each other, sure, definitely. Yeah, it's, as, as we've said, it's very tricky. But I think... West Ham gave Arsenal enough trouble here, probably more in the second half than the first half, admittedly, but probably gave enough Arsenal enough trouble for Tottenham fans will be thinking, well, Kulisevsky, Kane and Son will be able to crack crack this defence a few times, I would have thought. Yeah, um, I mean, the bigger problem for Tottenham is they have Liverpool next before they get to Arsenal. That's, so like... that, is the, that is a problem because they haven't got a game in hand anymore, obviously, so we're, we're looking at them two points behind uh arsenal but yes with liverpool to play uh in in that so yeah that that is a thing and you can't you can't see liverpool dropping points to literally anyone other than man city uh, yep. um so yeah it's a it, uh, arsenal and tottenham i think for a long time have been this fluctuate <laughs> these fluctuating forces and it's it's 
you could tell me anything about the North London derby when it comes up nil nil five two either way. I'd, I'd believe anything, you know. So it's so hard to to analyse anything. I think the because of the the inconsistency of 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 Arsenal this season, sometimes brilliant, and I think for the future look great because we've we've discussed their young squad and how you know how how much of a how much Arteta does seem to be good at. Uh, getting getting rid of people who are uh, engendering disharmony in the squad. <laughs> sure. And, yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, They're called the Bamiyang. <laughs> <laughs> sure. That's it. <laughs> um, you know, and he's he's got a, a young squad who seem to want to want to play for each other. Um, Enketia is not Lacazette. Is the best That's, highest. That praise is a great can, description of him. That <laughs> yeah, is correct. The highest it's factually accurate. I can give him uh, in that he is fast and runs towards the goal, which is the uh, net thing. Uh, Lacazette, uh, you could maybe do with finding a few more times. I know. Remember when Arsenal were overperforming because of their elite strikers for like two, three seasons there, and then all of a sudden they were not. Yeah. Wow. Oof. Like they were; those two guys were the only ones keeping them at all relevant. Yeah. Those seasons where they were like, and I say relevant generously because they were finishing like fucking eighth or whatever. <laughs> um, I don't know. I haven't kept track of Arsenal that much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eighth or thereabouts. <laughs> Something like that. I don't know. Sure. Somewhere below fourth. Yeah. That's all that really matters to them and to the rest of us that yeah. in the big six, you know? So like, but yeah, they labored to put away a, a not good West Ham team. Well, West Ham have got other fish to fry, haven't they? So they're they're similar to. I mean, this was actually a stronger squad than I thought they'd put out. Uh, when I when I saw the starting eleven, I was like, oh blimey! I, I, they're actually they are playing quite a lot of their what I would consider their first eleven, um, which is not what Leicester did, obviously. But maybe once wanted them in form. But um, yeah, West Ham, they they're tired. You know, and that's why... Aren't we all, Ian? <laughs> are we all? <laughs> you can hear I'm it, just so you? tired. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But, I mean, again, it's another team. With, with there being so many European competitions and British teams actually staying in them uh, for once, it's a, it is a weird end of season. This really does feel like more and, it's, more, and more teams aren't just on the beach. They are the... Uh, the socially acceptable on the beach, which is we're in another competition, we don't give a shit about the Prem. Like, right. You know, so the integrity of the, the, the competition is completely fucked. Oh, completely. <laughs> the incentives you know. are all kinds of backwards this late in the season. It's delightful and crazy. Yeah. It leads to, like, like, the last day of the season, there's always, like, a 7-7 game between two random oh, mid-table yeah. teams who are like, yeah. who fucking cares? It completely skews fantasy football for the whole season. Oh, the decide. last week is the best fantasy week because it, like, fucks things completely. We're approaching crazy shit territory. Yeah. Um, yeah, silly season, definitely. I mean, here's what I think. If we're getting our early hot takes out of the way, I think Tottenham's going to win the North London Derby. Probably it's at their stadium, and Harry Kane turns up in big games. Harry Kane hat trick. They win the North London Derby, but Tottenham are going to lose to Liverpool, so it doesn't matter. And Arsenal certainly are. Well, who knows? It's Arsenal, but I doubt they're going to lose to Leeds. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, well, Leeds will be up for it. I mean, it's it's one of them. That's true. All four of those teams have something to play for. I'd probably rather play. Yeah, exactly. I'd rather play. A Crystal Palace at this point, even though I think they're probably a better team or, yeah. a, or a more complete team at the minute than I would a Leeds, because they're going to be up for it and you know got, got really got to fight for it. So and you know Jesse Marshall will definitely give you a team that fights for it. So yeah, who knows? 
Oh, remains to be seen. Um, I'm not talking about the, sun- the Monday game that happened yesterday. Nope, fine. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> I don't know. What do we yeah. got next? Where do we go from here? Tell me about your FPL team. How about that? Aren't things close between you and Chuck? Well, God, they were getting close. Oh, and they're not anymore. What happened? Chuck had the, the game week of all game weeks. And Did he now? Without, without playing a chip, ended on... Uh, a, Scoring the nineties, I think. Wow! And just uh, yeah, and I, I only got fifty-two. I'll t- give you some other context as well. So, I've I'm in a, a cash league that has a monthly prize, and okay. um, I haven't been anywhere near any of them. But this month, I, I know was, Ian. You didn't I have was, to say that. Out loud. <laughs> this month, I was going into the the last week in in second place. Okay, I've got I've got a chance here, and then I captain Robertson instead when everyone else went for Salah. So that worked out for me. It was looking good. And then I, I uh, saw that you know, first on my bench was Arsenal's Gabriel. And um, he scored. So it was about the only bright light in Arsenal's performance from an FPL point of view. And uh, because Trent didn't play, I was going to get him off the bench. And I was like, oh, lovely. I've won. I'm going to win that monthly prize. That's brilliant. You know, I haven't won anything else this year on the FPL. So brilliant. And then um, checked a guy sort of two places below me. Had Captain KDB, he didn't play, had the vice-captain on Sun. Oh. I, I got done by a vice-captain switch. Oh, no. And, uh, and you, yeah. could, you could argue that mine was equally jammy because it, mine was a substitute sure. off the bench, you know, who I'd chosen yeah. not to play. But like, I was just like, oh, you've got to be kidding. Um, but I'm rooting for you in this story. So. Well, exactly. Thank you. Um, and uh, the other thing that, that happens is, which Jeff is involved in as well, actually, Jeff Pedder, um, I'm in Always Cheatings. Uh, well, no, they they don't run it. Uh, some other podcast does because you're not allowed to run cash leagues. Uh, I, I'm in I'm in their cash league, and they have they run it with an American like playoff system. So uh, the top eight in that league go into a playoff in game weeks 36, 37, 38. So that starts this week. Oh, that's cruel and unusual to let the title get decided by game week 38. Yeah, it's fun. It's fun. Well, they, they run two concurrent leagues. They do a classic league and this playoff league. Oh, uh, okay, okay, okay. And, That's um, the reason I turned off playoffs in the Fantrax League, because, like, I'm not trying to get the title decided in the last week yeah. of the season. That's I, just, I, like... I've just had the luck of the green this year, right? Because I, I'm finishing, like, third in the head-to-head league, but I'm 20th in the Classic League, in the normal league. So I've just had the, the luck of the fixtures this time. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, me and Jeff are both in the top eight of that league, so we're now in a playoff, and I think the winner of that gets, like, a few hundred dollars. Um, Ooh. I only have bench boost left and Jeff has bench boost and free hit. And I just know what's going to happen. We're both going to get through our matches with the bench boost next week. And then he's going to free hit in 37 and take me out because I haven't got one left. And I, 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 I preemptively hate you, Jeff. Let's just, just know that to be true. <laughs> um, I postemptively hate you. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding, Jeff. We love you. He's getting a lot of shit it, this yeah. week. He really yeah. is. That's, it's your fault for having him as a guest on the FBL pod. Now, we, now he's like one of us, so it's fair game. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> we stopped picking on Adam after he stopped guesting on the show. Yeah. Hmm. I wonder why that <laughs> But, um, yeah, my season's sort of ending better better than it started. I, I'm trying to get into the top 100k, which is my my goal now, I guess. But, yeah. Yeah. Where are you at now? What's what's the current standing? 154. Oh, yeah. Hmm. But I've got a bench boost, so that should... Fair enough. You know, that's true. That should yeah. that should put me up. I've literally got like I've done the sort of usual anti chuck thing, and I'm looking at going to have fifteen doublers. 
<laughs> ignoring all single gang weekers and uh yeah very nice oh speaking of i guess all that um i'll update literally no one cares about this but we're very far into the pod so no one's listening anymore um on our fan tracks league because i never bring it up but i guess i'll bring it up yep uh we do run a two-tiered um so we have a pyramid ian you should be very <laughs> i am i'm delighted with the pyramid um draft style american style fantasy league uh and in the top division i have a Officially, unless Johnny OG scores 7,000 points a week, <laughs> basically, uh-huh. um, and I lose every game and he wins every game, I have cleaned, uh, clinched the title, uh, which means that I'm officially in my, I am hounding everyone in the league for all their Chelsea players. Part of the season, I have a full Chelsea, 14 out of my 15 roster spots are Chelsea. Nice. Uh, aforementioned Adam is holding on to Antonio Rudiger. I keep offering Riyad Mahrez and he won't go for it. Um, but that is because Adam is in a relegation scrap with uh, other Patreon Johnny Boy Worthers um, to go down to the championship division where e- where our good friend Chuck and co-host is automatically coming up and it's looking increasingly likely like Sam Van Sam Damby is coming up. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's still a few games left. Shark to get that together. Sharkingham Forest. Ian, you fell off that completely. I've enjoyed the fan tracks this year. It has been fun, I must admit. I enjoyed draft night. I enjoy. I've enjoyed playing it. Um, but yeah, I really, I really did fall off the pace. I was doing it every week, but I just I lost so many matches by such slim margins. It, that is how it goes. And when you're doing these head-to-head leagues, like like the opposite of what I was doing in FBL, where I've not been doing that great in FBL, but in that league, I just had the rub of the green. It's yeah. just it's just been the total opposite in fan tracks. I've just, I lost so many games by like a, a ten point margin or something ridiculous. Um, yeah, it's go. frustrating. We had a draw this season, That's which insane. is the first time we've had that in yeah. a while. It's so unlikely. Yeah. For context, uh, listeners, the score in that draw was three hundred and ninety seven point four <laughs> to three hundred and ninety seven point four. I mean, that is so ridiculously unlikely. It's so <laughs> unlikely. I think we've had a draw like twice ever in the history of this, like six years now going into this league. Brilliant. Or leagues. Yeah. Um, Which is going to be, I think, the deciding factor in the relegation scrap between him and Adam. Really? Oh, my God. Because he's on 46 and Adam's on 45, and it's not like anyone else is getting a draw ever again. Yeah. Point one of us, <laughs> of a point more. Huh. Unbelievable. 397.4. Fine four. margins. Oh, imagine losing that one though. That would have been rough. Yeah. So uh, join us on Patreon, and next year we'll probably have a one or two spots opening up. We're looking to expand the pyramid. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, we are. <laughs> Always the pyramid. It'll must be fun. Get and draft is fun. If you've never done fantasy, or if you've only done FPL, um, give draft a chance because it it's cool. Fun. Even if you don't do it with us, try it out. It's got a much more social aspect to it, which is definitely. Uh... Yeah, and yeah. checking the lineups and being able to like pick up and drop more than one player a week is like so much fun. Yeah, it is good. So yeah, like like Oscar says, uh, you can join that fun. Patreon.com slash miles offside pod uh, for all the extra stuff. Uh, do you know what as well? I think I think we've actually taken the last bit of money for this season. So you could get on board, get on the Slack and stuff and have a, a summer of Slack for no money at all because we don't take any money during the off season. Um so yeah, you could get on board with that for for free. So why not do that? Yeah, absolutely. The Slack's a great place. We actually have some Patreons who have yet to download the Slack, um, which by all means, you know, do what makes you happy or whatever. But it is a good time. Uh, strongly encouraged to find the bright little positive corner of the internet that mm. is our Slack. 
Uh, because it's nice to have people that are nice on the internet sometimes. Good people saying good things. Yeah, we're all so supportive of each other. It's so wholesome and delightful in there. I fucking love it so much it that is. like we we like created this little thing. It is nice. It is nice. Um, congratulations to Dave Matteo as well for getting his uh, first academic work published. Yeah, very exciting. I'm glad he went and bought the book on that. That's very, very, very cool. Yeah, proper proper paper and everything. <laughs> so it's actually, actually been published. Unbelievable. So congratulations, Dave. And uh, yeah, I suppose we ought to call it there, Oscar, and say uh, say bye-bye. Thank you to our producers, our aforementioned producers. We've got Johnny Worthington. We've got Andy Pemprace. He's from Sutton. We've got Jeff Pedder. We've got Mark Daffin. Sorry about Forrest Mark. I am genuinely sorry. Uh, come on for the playoffs, though. We've got Nate Whitten. We've got Sam Van Dam, Sam Danby. And that's us. So I'll say goodbye there. And I love you, Oscar. Bye. I love you. Bye. <laughs>